Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode, another episode down of the True to You podcast. It's really fun to be here with you today. I'm excited for this one. I learned a lot in a very short space of time. This is a punchy episode, and I didn't expect anything less from Hannah when I invited her on the show. She is someone who intrigued me for a while, mainly because of her multidisciplinary nature, the fact that she has multiple brands under the HN brand. And I thought, you know what, this is someone that I need to get on the podcast because I want to know her story and I know her story and what she has to say is going to inspire all of this podcast community. But before we get into introducing Hannah, I want to give you a short update on what's been happening in our world. So we have another live event coming up, which I'm always really excited to share because I think live events, as someone who mainly operates their business online through coaching and through teaching calls and all the other calls that we run week to week, it is so much fun to get in the room with the Creator Club members and be able to mastermind for the day, be able to really dig into the mindset work, doing it in a group and the energy that you get from a group, the input that you get from the other business owners, from John and myself as well. But the energy is something that I heard from our last event, people saying that for weeks after they were feeling excited and inspired and ready to go and create. And it's really cool to see often what happens immediately after events, whether it be people's shift in confidence, people's shift in their content, what they're producing, things that come to life because the event gives them that permission to do that. So the focus for this event is around creating your 90-day plan. So the next 90 days, we're about to enter the second quarter crazy of 2023. So we thought that that's a must that we help them all to get their plan dialed in, their focus whether it be offer, marketing, or sales for the next 90 days. But we're also going to launch the day with a focus around creativity for fulfillment and profit in your business. So this is where live events are great because we can get together and use each other to run through different exercises, bring out ideas that Sometimes over a Zoom call, you might hold back a little bit. You'd, it's not as easy to like pitch in, pitch and catch ideas and mastermind. The art of masterminding and coming together to do that is a really powerful, really potent thing for business. So I was excited to share that update because I think this is one of my favorite parts of running Creator Club. It's the fact that we get together and do these events. We've got three events on the calendar this year. So our big one is always in November, and then we've got a couple throughout the year. I think the next one is in July or August. So stay tuned for some news on that. 
We currently have applications open for Creator Club as well. So if you're interested in finding out more about how our business coaching works, what our focus is, helping you to build out your world so you attract dream clients, they come to you, they want to stay in your world for longer. And of course, you make money in the process. You have a fun time, you have a good life, and your business is fulfilling. That is our primary goal for you. That is our mission for you when you join Creator Club. So you can check out all the details on Creator Club following the link in the show notes. Or you can head over to creatorclub.link. If you click the work with us page, that'll take you to the business coaching membership details and you'll be able to find out more about how it works, what's involved and what you get. Okay, so Hannah, Hannah Nieves is my guest for today's episode. She's a multidisciplinary entrepreneur. That's a big word to say, but I think it's very fitting for her. Creative, visionary, and voice of inspiration for many. She began her career in commercial real estate, then took on a role as a director of marketing and trade development for California Closets. California Closets. That sounds quite important, doesn't it? Where she was managing a multi-million dollar marketing budget, wowzers, and working with some of the largest real estate developers across the country. Okay, some pretty big roles, some pretty big roles, some big experience. But after a period of burnout, she took this skill set, she took this years of skills that she'd accumulated, leadership, marketing, PR, all of these things, and leapt out on her own. This was only a few years ago, might I add, but she launched Hannah Nieves Consulting, a full-service consulting agency, HN House, a network and business education platform for multi-passionate women, and this Hudson Studio, which is now a year old, a multifunctional creative studio in the Hudson Valley, which is, I believe, just north of New York. Through her offerings, she served hundreds of brands from across the globe, hosted several curated events and activations, and has built a community of people who are also passionate about creating a well-designed business and lifestyle. She's been featured in Business Insider, Forbes, InStyle, just to name a few. And so you can imagine this conversation, we go in a few different directions, but I think the main Thing because I wanted to get as much out of Hannah's brain as I could. I knew I only had an hour with this woman and I wanted to make the most of it for you all. But I think the biggest takeaway, and you'll hear this right in the first few minutes of this conversation, because we're at a really interesting time in business. We're at a very interesting time. There's lots going on macroeconomics. There's Lots of changes happening. There's lots of cultural divide. So the energy around small business is shifting and changing quite rapidly, which means that some people are choosing to pivot. They're choosing to do things differently. They've come out of the COVID years and that has shifted the way they want to do business. But all this to be said the thing that it came down to was those that are going to be really successful through a time like this that can feel quite 
up and down, a little bit tumultuous, a little bit crazy, is your capacity to take risks. Are you willing to take risks, not just financial risks? Are you willing to take creative risks? Are you willing to take emotional risks? And you'll see that Hannah is a perfect example of this. And we talk about what she's created over the last few years, her different brands, her brick and mortar space that she has, which is called This Hudson Studio, and the risks that she's taken, how she's developed that as a muscle is a muscle that we need to build as small business owners. We need to be agile, take risks. We need that flexibility. And that makes the ride even more fun. So that was my favorite takeaway from this episode. But I won't hold the suspense any longer. Let's dive into it. Here is my conversation with the incredible Hannah Nieves. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. This has been a little while in the works, so it always feels like such a good moment to see you across the Zoom screen. (laughs) I mean, how incredible is it that, I mean, two people from opposite sides of the earth are able to connect like this? Like, that is incredible. And just a a true testament to, like, social media. It's so powerful. It is. It is. And... Yeah, I I first learned about you through someone that I had on the podcast a long time ago through Grace and fill up your cup and her business and now with her baby is transitioning as well. So it's always so cool to go, oh, I know you from way back in that uh, scene and yeah, now look where you are. And so I'm excited to talk to you about all of the things today because Hannah is a manifesting generator. I've just been learning a bit about human design. I had someone on to to speak around human design recently and listening to you speak on podcasts, listening to your story. I'm like, yeah, she is definitely, (laughs) that is her human design. So you'll get a bit of variety today, which is cool. And you'll get to learn about Hannah's diverse skill set, her she has a number of businesses that she runs, which is really cool. And it blows my mind. So I'm really interested to understand how you do all that. But first, I wanted to dive into something that has been on my mind a lot recently as well, especially as we come out of the last few years. And there's also this looming talk of recession and the media and things are changing rapidly, AI, social media, like it's all happening. And I think it feels as though the last few years, we're very much in this transitional time in, in business, in small business. 
And I think just as humans, how we live and work now, right? It's like you've got to you've got to keep up with the pressure of of the constant changes because you never know really know what's down the pipeline. But also, I think one thing that's really interesting that you speak to quite a bit is about these times is the opportunities. It's not all doom and gloom. It doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be crazy. And actually, these times. They talk about recessions being the times where some of the most amazing businesses were built. A lot of the biggest tech companies that we know came out of the previous recessions that we've had. So we know that there's a precedent for that. And yet sometimes we're afraid to take risks. We're afraid to pivot our business and serve the market in a different way because we get comfortable as business owners. So that's something that you're really passionate about. It's something that you've done with your business. You've adapted and grown over the last few years. Can you speak a little bit to why that is such an important mindset to have, that ability to pivot, to change, to grow when you yeah. don't always expect that you need to? <laughs> I love that. I love this conversation because it's so timely, right? And I think as entrepreneurs, and I always talk about this, that this is a lifestyle, right? This is not the clock in clock out situation, you know, in a corporate nine to five career, you know, this is a lifestyle and you have to be able to adapt because if you don't adapt and change, you will eventually at some point get left behind in some capacity, right? When you think about like, you know, large corporate entities that say are not adapting to social media or, you know, AI even, right? You know, at some point you will get left behind as entrepreneurs. Like the beauty of this is that it's ever evolving and growing. Right. And even for me, like I'm constantly pivoting and changing and refining everything that we're doing. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, and not to say that you can't have offers or products that are timeless, right. That can stand the test of time, but you as a brand have to evolve because your customers are naturally going to evolve as well. Mm. Do you think it's a it's a skill set that's natural to some people and not to others? Because a lot of people fear change, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do you think has made you that person that's more easily able to take risks and adapt? And we'll talk about some of the risks that you've taken, including having a brick and mortar space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what do you think that is about you that makes I you that way? It's less of a skill, but more of a mindset more yeah. than anything, because, you know, you can be the most technically skilled person and have the best product and service. But as a founder, if you don't know how to take risks, right, you're going to grow at a slower rate, which is okay, right? For some people, they like the slow and steady, which is totally fine. But, you know, if you're in this game of entrepreneurship, this entire thing is a risk, right? Like just doing this. Um so I think for me, it's more of a mindset. And this is something that anyone can also learn. Now, I will tell you, learning this type of skill of taking risks is probably one of the toughest things that you will ever do. It's like flex flexing a muscle at the end of the day, right? So it's not like, let me just learn this ad funnel strategy or whatever it is, right? Like, you have to you have to create this belief and trust in yourself and that also is directly tied to healing past trauma healing beliefs um stories you tell yourself and things like that and that's like the true 
deep inner work that for some people can take years, years. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it's that funny thing, isn't it? Because I was thinking as you were speaking there, a lot of the time we are told in the self-help world that it'll be okay. It all works out. The universe will hold you and everything works out in the way that it should. And that's all well and good. But sometimes if you're coming up against the fear of taking a risk, that doesn't mean anything, right? You're like, oh, this could end in disaster. Have you had any times where you've taken a risk? I feel like you probably have. But do you have any stories of times where you've taken a risk? It hasn't worked out, but you've been able to pick yourself up and keep going. Every day. I mean, like that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, they see how fast we've grown over the last three years and they see the brands of brick and mortar and all, you know, the flashy things, right? Like the end result, but like no one sees 99% of like what goes behind the screen, right? Like, and you know, what I'm doing when I'm not on Instagram stories and, you know, there's been so many risks and so many mistakes that I've made from hires that I've made that were not great, um, to making investments in certain things that maybe I, I wasn't quite ready for, or, you know, just like was not a good fit for the business, you know? So there's been so many learning lessons, but, um, there, I love Barbara Corcoran. She's very big in real estate. She's on shark tank. If you're familiar at all. And if you don't look her up, she's amazing. And, um, she built basically a billion dollar business from like a thousand dollar loan from her ex-boyfriend that she talks about. And, she always talks about how like the successful entrepreneurs are not the smartest. They're the ones that can brush their shoulders off and get right back up after being, you know, let down or put down or making a mistake. And I think that's something that's really, really true. The less time that you can spend feeling sorry for yourself, the easier it's going to get to move forward and keep going. Mm, mm, yeah. That's, that's so true. And, and that's a muscle in itself that you've got to develop. Right. And it takes, I think also, I don't know about you, but if I feel supported, yes, by people in my life, but my habits are great. I'm keeping fit and healthy. It's so much easier to take risks because your nervous system takes a toll when you do something and it doesn't work out or, you launch something and nobody buys or whatever happens. And so sometimes even it's just the physical recovery. I think that's why you see so much around entrepreneurship and, and keeping fit and healthy. I'm interested to know, is that something that you believe as well has been important to your success? Oh my goodness. And I will, first off, let me tell you, I'm not an expert, right? Like I went to the gym this morning. You're seeing me here with my hat on. I haven't changed since the gym. Like this is the reality of where we're at. Um, and your health and wellness is the most important piece of everything. And what I have found is that the clients that prioritize themselves, their mental well-being, their spiritual well-being, their physical body, right? The ones that focus in on that and put that first are the ones that are always going to grow the quickest, right? Because at the end of the day, like whether you are the face of the business or not, like you are the heart of the business, right? And if you are not okay, your team will know, your clients will feel it, 
everyone will feel that. So you have to, as a founder, and it's really, really important that if you are maybe listening to this episode and you are feeling like, wow, I'm being called out right now. This is a really beautiful opportunity to really stop, pause and reflect because you have an opportunity to do that every single time you get to that kind of breaking point. And I've been there multiple times. So if you are there, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about something that I mentioned earlier, being a multi-passionate, multi-dimensional. I think Hannah's like creating <laughs> so I many love all these terms. <laughs> so you're a multi-dimensional business owner, which means that you have a number of offerings. You've you have three different businesses and then a number of offerings within those businesses or opportunities to work with you. Can you share a little bit about what those are, like the diversity that you have in your business? So I like to say there are three different businesses, but they they have glue that sticks them together. So our whole kind of like motto mission is all about redefining the way that we live and work. That's something I've always been fascinated with. So whether we're supporting clients and advising them on their startup brands and, you know, doing the work for them or um, through H and House or community, we're supporting women and their businesses through this or through our brick and mortar photo and event space where we're actually letting people create their own version of this. It's all tied together. Um, it started out as just me, myself, and I was doing, um, you know, done for you marketing, branding, and PR. It quickly merged to done for you. And I was also coaching other women owned businesses on the side. And then it grew from there. And then we had H and house. And then eventually we opened up our brick and mortar. So, which we have another big project we're working on right now. So um, for me, multi-dimensional businesses, it's like, it's just my nature. And, um, I think that's one thing for so long I've resisted because I felt that I had to be in a box of like, I have to pick this one thing and one thing only, but I felt so much freedom in being able to have my money and my hands in different buckets. And it felt so invigorating. So mm. do you think that diversity gives you some strength as a business owner. There is, of course, there's, like we said, there's examples of people that have only a couple of offers. I can think of a life coach that has two offers and she's had two offers for 12, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But for you, do you think it gives you some sense of security having that diversity What, in yeah. some ways? I definitely think so. Um, for me personally, I... I look at it almost as like an ecosystem of a brand. So when you think yeah. about like Richard Branson, right? Virgin, you think of, if you're familiar with like the Magnolia brand with Joanna Gaines, right? Like there's these entities that are out there that are multidimensional, but under one umbrella. And like, that's what I'm here to create. Um, and I know it's not for everyone. Like managing multiple businesses is not easy. I will never sugarcoat it. It is some days not as fun as, the, as others, but um, to me, it's really, really nice to be able to have every day be so different. Like whenever I look at my calendar, it's always different and it's fun and it's changing. And I think that's like the beauty of it. But um, I also want to encourage people too, if, you know, if say you're not at that point yet, but you want to grow too, like I started out with one offer, one thing that was the only thing I offered. And then it just grew and blossomed from there. So I look at it as, each entity is a springboard for me to keep growing at the end of the day. Mm, mm. 
it, it's such a, a balance, isn't it? As, as a business owner, entrepreneur, that especially if you're creative, that you also don't get bored. <laughs> I think that is really important that you're continually flexing that creativity because that injects energy into the business. And I feel like every time I've seen you over the last couple of years, bring something new, there's this no, there's no hesitation. There's this powerful energy that comes with it. And so mm -hmm. I think it's, it's probably part of your DNA as well that you need to do that. But would you say for business owners that, that that's, that's a really important thing to remember you to not be afraid to do new things because of the energy that it injects in your business? I think that's a big thing. You know, when I look at our, like right before this, I was looking at our um, big vision and our document and our overview of everything and like what the brands are going to look like. And you, when I look at that, sometimes I think of like, wow, like this is, this is kind of scary. Like I I'm, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build this big empire. And there are other days where I'm like, absolutely. This is so easy, you know? And it just goes to show you that there's going to be days where sometimes your goals feel really overwhelming and big. Um, but I always say you need to think bigger. You need to think bigger because far too often, especially as women too, like we put caps on what we can do. We put caps and say, oh, well, that's too big for me. You know, like, I don't need all that. Right. But what if that was possible for you? How'd you feel? You know? And so, you know, once I really worked through that belief, um, and this actually really came out when I went to Necker Island last year and, you know, sitting with, you know, Richard Branson, who's an incredible human being, I got to a point where I was like, wow, I was like, if this person could do that, like I could do that too. I could do that too. And I take that same energy. And then I also really invigorate and infuse that into my clients. Cause I'm like, you can literally do whatever you want. Like there's no limits. And the quicker you believe that the more that the magic helps unfold the path for you. Mm. I'm curious to know too, scaling is always a conversation that there's no one right answer to scale, especially mm -hmm. if you've started out. We have a coaching business. I started out in one-to-one -one coaching. Now we have a hybrid model. And I think when you start out, you look to what other people have done and you go, okay, that's the path. That's exactly what I need to do in order to get to that financial revenue or to be able to get the team and all any of those goals that that you aspire to have but I think that after a while you realize there's actually not one right way to do to do it and I'm curious to know with your business the decision to create these multiple brands or this house of brands I think that's what you call it is, is that the the technique yeah, I've, I've been learning <laughs> I love it yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's been a creative decision, but do you also think to get the scale and maybe this is part of being able to do other things in your life as well? Because I know that personally, you're also a real estate investor and, and you're, um, building and selling homes and things like that. So I'm curious to know, yeah, was this also partly a strategic decision in order to, to grow the way that you wanted to grow, you knew it had to look, it could look like this, I guess. 
So that's a really good, great question. And for me personally, and this is everyone's goals are going to be very different, right? Like there's some people where they're building a legacy brand or a product and like, that's their thing. There's some people who are like, Hey, I want to have a lifestyle business where I can make a lot of money doing my service. And then I'm going to go invest that. So I'm like a combination of the both Mm. of the two. And for me, I look at it as, and again, like I have one way of looking at business. There's 8,000 other ways of looking at business. So I look at what are the highest ROI business models that I can also create, like with my service, right? That's going to give me high profit margins. I can extract cash, right? So we started out with the done for you stuff, uh, the services that we offered and the coaching expanded from there. I quickly realized I did not want a massive agency. So I transitioned that to consulting instead with done for you add-ons like a blend. Um, and that was how we grew and how we scale now outside of that. And this is where, uh, you know, when I work with clients, something that's really, really important is as business owners, you have to be able to understand how to manage cash effectively. Right. And this can also be something that can be really hard for some people. Right. Um, if you know how to manage your profitability and your cash, you can do anything, anything, So for me, I leveraged our businesses to expand into other areas like real estate, personal investing and things like that. But that didn't come until like a few years later. Right. And I also should mention too, I did not come from this background. I was adopted when I was 18 by my stepdad. My parents were blue collar workers. My dad worked in a prison. My mom worked as a nurse, right? So like they, we did not even have access to a financial planner. And now that I have been able to have the privilege of being able to afford one, it like, I feel like it's almost like my duty that I want to show people this. I'm like, anyone could do this. Like you can actually build wealth with your business, but it starts with having a machine that is very profitable, right? It's like getting the systems, getting the marketing, getting the branding. And that's where I support the clients with like, let's get this machine moving. And then I'm going to pass you off to someone that's going to help you make a lot of money for your personal wealth. Mm, mm. Oh, you've got, you've got the, the wheels turning. I love it. I love it. Very, very interesting. It's very timely actually, because my husband and I have been having some conversations around this and, I love the fact that you have created the event space and I feel like we're quite similar in some ways because whilst you come from a real estate background, I come from an architecture background. You're always trying to find ways to infuse that into your work because I think it's funny for a long time when I started coaching and I'm not sure if this is the same for you, but I feel like your brand has always been quite strong because you also came from that background as well. But Sometimes you kind of shut out stuff that you've you've had a lot of experience and you go, well, I'm in coaching now, so I'm just going to focus on that. But I think something that that you've done really well has been able to create a consistent brand. It's built on this foundation of, of luxury. Where does that come from? Where does that desire around luxury mm-hmm. and that being sort of the pillar of the brand. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's, what's interesting. And I've also just don't like luxury to me, right. It's a very subjective word, right. To some people, luxury means like buying Hermes and Louis Vuitton for some people, luxury means like, I want to be able to have my coffee at, I don't know, 10 AM on my front porch with my kids. So 
you know, having luxury to different people, I think is like a beautiful thing. And for me personally, like I think of the experience, like that's luxury there. Right. So it's creating experiences, no matter where you go. Like I'll give you an example. I was just at this restaurant over the weekend and I was sitting next to this artist who's in the city. And she's like, how do they do this? Like the vibe, the lighting, the music, the, the food, the, the waiters and the waitresses. I'm like, this is branding. Like this is mm. sense branding right here. And we were talking, we were just sitting at the bar talking. And I think to me, like, that's what I'm trying to create. And that's what I'm trying to help other people create, right? It's looking at the small luxuries in your life, right? Like, you know, smelling your coffee in the morning to feeling the sun on your skin when you sit in your office, you know, it's like, looking at every aspect of life and business and it all can be luxurious. So for me, it's that concept combined with obviously the visuals. Like for me, interior design is heavily infused into our brand. Um, just because I also came from that world and I'm also very passionate about it. And your home is also like a representation of you, right? It's how you live. It's, it's a, physical representation of you. And I think that's what's so beautiful. So for me, it's, it's creating immersive experiences, no matter where you go. Mm. I want to touch on this immersive experiences thing for a second, because I'm also really curious and I've had lots of conversations with other female friends that are business owners recently, excuse me, around the fact that we've come out of two years of up and down and, and, you know, last year was a bit better. And now this year it's like, Hey world, you know, we're all traveling and it feels like things are pretty much back to the way they were. And so experiential business is something that I know that you tap on a lot in your content and you see it as something that's really important that people can use strategically to, I guess, offer different opportunities for their clients. Is that what you would say that it's about? What, what is this? You mentioned sensory too, when you're talking about the restaurant. Yeah. Why do you think that's necessary? I have an idea, but I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. Well, I think it's also when you think of like luxury brands, it's not just the price, it's the emotions, it's the way people feel, it's the connection, right? Like to have a strong brand means that you're evoking emotion in people at the end mm. of the day. Mm. And, you know, for us, like our business is primarily service driven, right? So, you know, we think of all of the different touch points from people starting onto us to that midway feedback form, right? Where we're gathering information on the restaurants that they enjoy, you know, the coffee shops they go to and things like that, because then we're able to create these small pockets and small moments, right? Like how great would it be? Like if you were working with someone, they asked you that question and randomly you got a gift card to your local coffee shop that you love down the street that you always go to, right? It just, it makes your day. And it's like those small things, it doesn't need to be like this extravagant, you know, expensive thing. Right. But it's a small thing that maybe takes you back to a memory or takes you back to an emotion. And then it further builds this trust and connection with that person. And that's what we're trying to do. So no matter what, like if we're creating a retreat or if we're sending a midway feedback, you know, form and we're gathering information because we want to surprise them with something, you know, like we're always thinking about the experience from start to finish. Do you think, do you think part of that as well now is that that we're also so technology te- 
technologically (laughs) technology Mm -hmm. dependent we're technology heavy users and things to me I I I've I'm very visual so I think of it as very 2d maybe a little 3d but quite 2d and that experiential nature of surprise and delight, getting physical things, giving people in-person experiences, I'd call that more like a 5D business. And so do you think that part of it is that, is that we can't lose touch with like the human side of business right now? You know, for a lot of clients, they're conducting business virtually, a lot of them, you know, and to what you said, I think is hundred percent, right? Like we're, you know, we're on zoom all the time, right? It feels like, okay, like, do you actually have legs behind the zoom? Like, it's like, are we real? And I think too, like when you have those little moments, when you create this experience, right? Like, you know, we work with clients from across the world and we're always thinking of, okay, like if I have a client in Australia, how are they going to get the same experience as someone who's maybe local or someone who's, you know, a state away that can come and fly in and see me? Like, how can we create this experience? Um, and it really takes it up a notch. That's why, like, most of our clients that we work with have been working with us for a year, two years plus in some of our programs just because of the connections that we've built, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Let's go a little into the nuts and bolts of. Sure running these multiple businesses, what is, what does day-to-day look like for you? Because I know you have a team, so maybe you can speak a little bit to the team that you have, that you've grown now, your specific role as CEO and how everything works. (laughs) I know that's a big question, but for me, I'm curious and I bet everyone else is. (laughs) Every, you know what? It's funny. This is the number one question I get. And they're like, yeah. how does your team run when you guys run these, these three brands? So we run a very lean machine in terms of our team. Okay. So I have one, seem to be two full-time team members. I used to have four, um, back when we were growing the agency. So I have one full-time team member, two, um, part-timers, but they're almost full-time at this point. Um, and then we have a slew of contractors that we'll use per project, you know, when we need them. Um, but that's it. That's it. And I think a lot of people are always so amazed when they're like, wait, how, how do you do that with that team? Um, number one, our team culture is literally everything. So I think that's also a testament to like how we've grown. Like our two employees that have been with us, um, the longest it's two years at this point, which is like wild for a lot of online businesses. Like you're lucky if you can get someone to stay with you for six months, let alone two years. Um, So in terms of the day-to-day, I have a little checklist here. This runs my life. And um, I always have to plan the week out ahead of time. So I always have to know what are my focuses. And then I look at that and say, what can I pass off? Now, the great part is that we have a lot of systems. So we use ClickUp for like our project management. That is our lifeline I mean, if we didn't have ClickUp, we would not be surviving. Um, so we use ClickUp for all of our project management, and then we have a lot of automation set up. So um, each team member knows their role, right? Like within the company, and I don't need to be micromanaging. So that's another thing. Like I built a team culture where it's like, I don't need to be on top of you. You produce the results. Great. If it takes you five minutes or if it takes you 15 minutes or an hour, that's fine. I'm just looking at the end result at the end of the day. Um, 
So we run very, very lean and efficient. We have strong communication as a team, which I'm really, really proud of. And that's been really, really helpful. Like you need communication when you're juggling three different entities and upwards of like 50 plus clients at any given time. So we thrive on systems and automations. Mm, yes. Yes. Okay. It was, is that something that you were naturally very strong at, or did you need someone to come into your business, like an integrator to help mm-hmm. you? And maybe we can explain quickly what an integrator is if, <laughs> or a project yeah. manager. Yeah. So we actually, I would consider myself a very organized person. So I always was the person with checklists and writing them down. I actually had a hard time in the beginning getting acclimated to ClickUp. I I used Asana. I've used Trello. I've used all the platforms. Um, I did have in the way back when, in the beginning, I did hire someone for a launch and she did help me set up some systems in the beginning, um, not a lot of them to what they are now, but it honestly came from trial and error. So mm-hmm. we would get the team together um, every single quarter and we would go through everything and literally see, okay, like where are the gaps? Where are we spending all of our time? So a, a lot of what we do is every quarter we'll do um, time reviews. So we'll track our time and be like, where is it going? And then we'll sit down and look at it and be like, okay, well, this is an area, this is an area. And then we'll look at the systems that we have in place now and say, how can we automate this process? So we're always doing that. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially like when you're thinking about hiring for integration services and things like that, you have to be prepared that it's not going to be a one and done. It's always going to grow with you. Um, And we've been doing it every single quarter for the last three years. Yeah. Okay. So do you have someone on your team that is in that type of role or are your team members, client services? What does that breakup look like of your team? Yeah. So I have um, one of my team members who is currently on client fulfillment uh, or client services, client concierge. She actually came to me with no experience on the operation side, uh, specifically for ClickUp. And she really took that on. Like she loved it. She, she is our operations queen. So she manages like ClickUp and Slack and she'll attend conferences to learn more and teach our clients and teach, you know, our team. Um, so she manages all of that. We have another person right now that manages all of the actual client fulfillment on like the done for you side of things. And then I have another gal who supports me with all things content. So, um, you know, she'll take my posts and repurpose them and things. So she's more like internal marketing. Um, And what else? We have a few contractors here and there for different projects as we need. Okay. Amazing. I think... I know that's very like back to basics, but I think it's really important for people to understand how Hannah's doing, doing this. As you said, it's the most common question that you get and you can structure your team any way you want. There's obviously a lot of leadership books around. I mentioned integrative visionary, that sort of model is what some people like to do the rocket fuel model. But of course, Sometimes it's a matter of just looking at your growth trajectory as well and how you want to expand the business and, and what's going to give you the best client experience, like, like you mentioned. Now, I want to finish up by talking about something that is really beautiful that you've created. We mentioned it right at the beginning as one of your 
brands that's under the HN brand suite. <laughs> I'm using all these terms. And I feel like I'm just making love them it. up. They may have been, they are not right. I love it. No, you're oh, spot on. Good. So good. So <laughs> you've created this Hudson studio, which is absolutely divine. And every time I see photos of it, I'm like, damn, why do I live on the other side of the world? <laughs> When can I get to an event there? It's just beautiful. You've done an amazing job. You recently hosted a founder's dinner that was just, yeah, everything. I know that there's so many designers and creative women that listen to this that must go and look that up. And this is going to give you fuel and inspiration for all your events. You turn that project around really quickly within a matter of months. Yeah. What was it that made you decide to first have a space? Because just some context here, as a coach, we're also very experiential with our work. We value the offline experience as much as the online experience. And so always finding venues is such an effort and it's not it's not easy to find the exact right one. I have this idea in my head. It's probably this Hudson studio (laughs) and it's like, where am I going to find this space? And you know, if you're doing them in-house events, they're not there for your clients. You're thinking about budget and, and all of those sorts of things. So it's not an easy thing. Was creating this Hudson studio a way for you to also take your business offline and create more events or was the vision bigger than that? So I would say the big, the vision is very, so much bigger than just the studio, the studio, it was just the, the testing of the water. And, you know, I've always knew we were going to have brick and mortar in some capacity. I didn't know what it was. I was like, is it going to be like a restaurant? It's a wine bar. I'm like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just knew that it was there. And, um, you know, when I saw the opportunity came through and, um, we were at the time we were looking for office space, like we're trying to figure out like what this looked like. And I saw this one, uh, commercial space. And as soon as we walked in, I I looked at my husband, I was like, this is it. I was like, I'm getting it. I don't care. I'm getting it. And, um, had the vision created it. And I will say like, this would have never happened if my husband did not put in a lot of the sweat equity of being my manual labor. Um, he helped me out so much, but to me, I wanted a creative space even for myself. Um, and I wanted a place where people could feel that feeling that I get when I create. And I was like, okay, how do I help other people do this? So we created the space and, um, actually we're celebrating a year anniversary next month. And we had our biggest month ever in last month. It was, it was wild. So like to see the response from the community is just incredible, but it truly is step one. We are about to finalize our second project, which I can't name names of what it is yet. Um, but we are working to build out a portfolio of multidimensional experiences and spaces for people to be able to come to. Amazing. Oh, I, I wonder if you can give me any hints off off air. Maybe not, but this is very exciting. And uh, stay soon. tuned. Very soon. <laughs> very so soon. just keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, thank you, Hannah. This has been a very 
multi-dimensional, multi-passionate conversation. It's been really cool to go in a few different directions. I've taken you everywhere in this. And so I really appreciate your agility with that because I knew that sitting down with you, I was like, okay, there's so many things I could talk to you about. I could go wide. I could go really deep. So we've chosen to go wide with this conversation so you can get a picture of Hannah's world and uh, maybe we'll have to get her on another time to talk about some of her other areas because PR and branding, we didn't even touch on that, but that is like, that is your jam as well. So thank you so much, Hannah. And for anyone that wants to connect with you, stalk you, follow you, where can we do that? Yeah. So you can follow my personal Instagram at Hannah M. Yeves or our main community network, H and house. Um, pretty easy. If you search my name, you'll find all of our websites from there. Um, send me a voice or send me a text uh, DM. I'll voice memo you back, but I just want to say thank you so much for this conversation. This was such a nice way to end my day. And, um, I loved all the different directions that we went into. So I hope this was helpful for your listeners.